Building WA, brought to you by HIA, the podcast bringing you all the latest news and insight into the residential building industry right here in Western Australia. Welcome back to Building WA, proudly brought to you by HIA. Well, living in WA, you're probably hearing a lot of different stories at the moment around supply shortages, material constraints, delays in completion times, but perhaps what you're not hearing is directly from those who are involved with the industry and hearing day in, day out from members whose livelihoods depend on a stable pipeline of work. Today, we talk about what's currently happening in WA and break down some common misconceptions about who is actually benefiting from the current heightened activity here in WA. HAAWA President Dean Humphrey knows the ins and outs of the industry with so much experience over the past few decades. And since becoming WA President for the Housing Industry Association, Dean is seeing and hearing all the invaluable information that can go a long way in terms of helping to support one another. And we are lucky enough to have him share some of this insight as he goes one-on-one with our Executive Director, Kath Hart. But before we get to that chat, here's the latest industry news. HIA's latest economic and industry outlook report suggests the number of detached starts across 2020 and 2021 will reach a 93.8% increase on the previous financial year. Starts are expected to further grow across 2021 and 2022 to just above 21,000, with supply constraints expected to delay some of these starts. Multi-unit dwellings are also expected to rise, while annual renovations activity in WA is forecast to reach $3.3 billion in 2021. That's a 20% increase above last year. This has been partly credited to the shift towards online learning and working from home. Tradies can now access free resources to help give them the verbal tools to start a conversation with a workmate who might be struggling. Are You OK has developed a conversation guide for tradies in light of the increased uncertainty around COVID shutdowns, job pressures and the inability to adapt to a work from home model. The resources are available through the Are You OK website. And there looks to be some reprieve from a particularly wet winter in Perth, according to the Bureau of Meteorology's latest spring outlook. Senior climatologist Dr Andrew Watkins says while the rain is going to ease, bushfire season is just around the corner. The rainfall outlook for Western Australia suggests we might see below average rainfall in western parts of the state, particularly some areas closer to the coast. In terms of temperatures, could be a little warmer than average in parts of the southwest, but for much of the rest of the state, average to, to below average temperatures expected over the spring. One concern we have is around high fire potential. There is above average fire potential in some parts of the northwest of the state, particularly around the, the Hammersley and the southern Kimberley regions. So please keep an eye out uh, if you're travelling through those parts. Later on in the spring, of course, we start to get into the fire season in southern WA. That's the latest residential building news here in WA. Now, here's our Executive Director, Kath Hart, sitting down with our region's president, Dean Humphrey. Dean, great to have you join us today. Thank you so much for your time. 
you're really in an interesting position. You're seeing things from both sides at the moment as a custom builder in Western Australia, but also as HAAWA's president at the moment, you'd be hearing from members as well about how they're coping during this very busy period. I was wondering if you could talk us through your main observations of the sector at the moment. Thank you, Kath. Yes, I think it's interesting to know that being the third biggest employer behind, I think it's resources and retail, is that we've got an enormous amount of people involved in the industry. And I do talk to a lot of members and I'm experiencing this firsthand. Just for a little bit of background, I think it's important to remember that going back just sort of 10 to 12 months ago, the industry actually felt pretty normal. We were only doing, well, we're actually a little bit slow, to be honest. We were doing less than 10,000 homes a year. Then with all the grants, it's like someone flicked a switch and our forecasts are now over 20,000. And that happened in such a massive hurry that the, the industry has never seen anything like this before. So what I'm observing in the industry is it's not only the smaller builders that are going through enormous challenges, it's the big guys too. So being a small builder myself, I'm always talking to small builders, but I've recently been chatting to some of the really big guys and the, the challenges are exactly the same. We've all got delays with resources. We've all got delays with trades. So where I'm seeing the strain for most builders is simply getting jobs moving on the ground and getting progress claims, which is our lifeblood. So that's one of the biggest. And that's, is that some feedback you're getting from members as well around just the challenge of completing those stages to get to those progress claims? Yeah, absolutely. So everyone's heard of trade shortages with brickies. They're the ones that are always written up in the media. Part of the reason we've got that is after the last boom, 12 odd years ago, a lot of the older guys either retired or moved over east. And unfortunately, we didn't get too many apprentices coming through, certainly not as much as we wanted to. So the guys left in the middle are now in high demand and there's not enough of them to keep up with all of the buildings that we require. So whether you're a small builder or a big builder, everyone's experiencing some kind of a delay. And we're also hearing some stories around suppliers delivering only half the kind of amount of materials needed to a site so that, you know, if you can't actually kind of complete the stage anyway. Absolutely. Well, I think probably in most suburbs, people would drive around and see concrete slabs with bricks sitting on them covered in plastic. And that's because they're waiting for bricklayers. So the weird thing at the moment is there's global timber shortages for various reasons. There's shortages with steel. And part of that is that the cost of iron ore at the moment is so high, we're sending it to China for a massive amount, but it's unfortunately coming back in steel form as a massive amount, and there's just not enough of it. So we're kind of getting delays left, right and centre. So I was going to say, we've you've worked through booms before, but how does this one compare? That's a really good question. The last one, even though it was probably only 10 or 12 years ago, feels like a lifetime ago in some ways. I think the last one, although it was global, similar delays and shortages with certain trades and materials. This is different in that we've actually got a global timber shortage this time because of fires in both Australia and America, plus because of COVID, some of our timber plants in Australia have shut down. We've got shipping constraints this time. We've got steel constraints, as we were just talking about. So feels like a long time ago, very similar. It just feels a bit more widespread to me. People have said to me when, when I first started with HIA, look, the thing that puts most pressure on builders is when it's on the way up, not on the way down. Can you talk through for some of our listeners what people mean when they say that? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good point. I think probably in any business, especially building, it's easier running when times are a little bit tough or steady because you can, you can count on what's going on. It's easier to schedule things. When we go through a boom like this, no one knows 
the shortages we're going to get and the delays we're going to get. So I think in fairness to a lot of the public, they see property prices going berserk. They know there's a building boom on. It's in the media all the time. What they may not understand is that although trades, most trades are probably doing pretty well because we've got to pay more for them, the cost of some materials is probably a little bit more. But from the builder's point of view, especially where you've got a lump sum contract, it's fixed at the top end, so you can't necessarily increase that. And at the bottom end, costs are going up a little bit more and you've sort of got to fight for that little bit left in the middle. Then when you throw in delays on top of that, it makes it incredibly challenging. So for the builder itself, these boon times aren't a lot of fun. And so do you think it would be fair to say that there is that general misconception with the public that builders are, you know, probably killing it at the moment when in fact the real story is a little bit different? I'd say that is absolutely the case. It is a misconception. And as I mentioned, the public don't necessarily understand that. Why would they? They're not in this industry. But as a small builder myself, you can just really feel the pinch. After talking to other small builders as well as a lot of the big guys, it's everyone. It doesn't matter whether you're producing thousands of homes or one or two. If progress claims aren't coming in, and progress claim is the lifeblood of the builder, if that's because of delays due to weather or just because costs are going up and there's a resources shortage, it just puts enormous strain on builders' cash flow. So it's absolutely the case. And can you just tell me a little bit, I suppose, you know, obviously HA partners with Beyond Blue, so we, you know, really want to prioritise the mental health of our members. Are you seeing members experiencing kind of personal pressure as a result of these challenges? I'm not seeing it firsthand, but you just sense it. It's one of those things in our industry, people aren't probably the greatest at sharing that. And, you know, Aussie blokes and Aussie people generally aren't the best at sharing those sorts of things. But I just sense it is definitely the case. And because there's so much pressure on our industry at the moment, whether you're a builder or working in the construction industry, there's just a real sense of pressure left, right and centre. So I think that's definitely the case. And I think too, and that's partly why we wanted to have this as a topic to put front and centre for the podcast today, was just to kind of, I suppose, communicate to members that this is perhaps something that is more across the board than they may think. So to give some comfort to people who are experiencing some of those challenges that they're not alone. So the majority of HA members are small business owners. Could you talk a little bit about the additional pressure that's been created because of the snap lockdowns and also because of the uncertainty around our interstate border? So every time we get a lockdown, it puts pressure somewhere in the industry. We're really lucky in WA that Mark McGowan has let our industry keep moving. And as I mentioned at the start, we're the third biggest employer behind mining or resources rather and retail. So we play a massive part in the economy in WA. So we've been really lucky to avoid lockdowns on our building sites. But every delay we get just puts massive pressure on the builder. And I think it's really important we communicate that with our clients as well. And one of the things we saw in, in the lockdowns in New South Wales and South Australia was that construction was actually stopped there. And so we've certainly been hitting the phones, you know, and, and wearing out a bit of shoe leather to let members of the government know how we've been operating safely throughout COVID and the importance of keeping the residential construction sector going. And they've certainly been very receptive to that, which is good. I was going to ask you also, what are you hearing in terms of members managing clients' expectations in the current cycle, especially given that, you know, there'll be consumers who, who are basing their own expectations on completion timeframes that are actually pre-pandemic and that we're probably not going to see for a little while? Sure. The word that comes to mind with that is communication. I think collectively as an industry and individually as building companies, we've really got to be open and transparent with our clients just to let them know what's going on. I think you'd probably have to have been living under a rock not to 
know what's going on in WA at the moment with this massive boom. But in terms of individual clients, I think it's really important for building companies to communicate openly and honestly with the clients. And if you can, give them a plan. Let them know you've got something booked in, something scheduled, even if it's a few weeks or even a few months more than you expected. It's a bit like an itinerary. Let them know you've got something in mind. There's an end game to what you've got going on and just stay in constant contact. That's my advice. So we've talked a lot about the challenges, but I wanted to also get your reflections on some of the significant positive changes that that you've observed within the industry in the past year since COVID. I think the two words that come to mind with positive change are resilience and flexibility. I think as an industry, we're incredibly flexible. And if we go back a couple of years, no one would have had any idea what we're about to go through. So we've all just had to learn how to adapt to this. No one knew what's coming. It's just a massive challenge for everyone. And I think as an industry, we've adapted incredibly well. I think we've learned to be more nimble and creative about how we operate our businesses. And I think that's definitely a positive change. I think when we get through this, if we get through it, whether it's six months, 12 months, two years or whatever it is, I think we'll look back at everything we've learned in terms of being more adaptable. And I think we'll be more efficient sort of individually and as an industry, I hope, anyway. And we've certainly seen, I think, the community of members in WA really coming together and supporting one another as well. We see that, you know, in our in our forums and at our awards events and things like that as well. Dean Humphrey, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your observations. My pleasure. Thank you, Kat. And now for an NCC 2022 update, it's HIAWA Assistant Director for Building and Planning, Aaron Sice. 30th of August, just gone. We have had the NCC 2022 Energy Efficiency and Condensation Proposals released. We followed in a couple of weeks by the RIS, which both of those will have the seven-week consultation period attached to them. So we're not going to miss out, even though there's a few weeks delay in there, it'll just roll over. So... The big issue though is that if approved, and I dare say if because it's not approved yet, it'll affect all houses and apartments. That basically significantly increases the construction cost and will require changes to many standard building materials, not just building designs. The biggest changes obviously will be for volume one under the energy efficiency changes and volume two, both are affected, but it will be a substantial increase. So we're going to see building fabric requirements change from six star which WA has just adopted, to seven star. And that's going to have a huge change. That'll also carry over into apartments. But I'll just touch on first, I guess, houses in general will have higher window and glazing performance requirements. There'll also be increases to ceiling and wall insulation R values. Now that has a real problem for some 90 mil wall frames that you might use for timber or steel because they may indeed need a wall cavity to achieve the extra compliance for the width of the actual insulation itself. Not such a bad thing, I guess, if you're using those battens around the outside to get an air gap anyway. If not, that's going to be that's going to be really difficult. You might need to move to a 120 profile. We're also seeing the restrictions on wall and roof colours in various climate zones and for different structural floor system changes. And now that talks not only insulation in suspended floors, but also insulated slab or subfloor insulation requirements in most regions. Now that will affect WA probably more so than any other state that uses maybe a waffle slab where they've got they've got insulation built in. Here we don't use insulation, so that's going to be a really tricky one to look at. Aside from the building fabric changes that we're going to be seeing, 
There's also proposals to treat the thermal bridging for steel framing. Now, this includes cavities, upgrading insulation, or using rigid board insulation for the wall frame. Steel frame is going to be a real issue in NCC 2022. We're also looking at more stringent provisions on top of what we've currently got for heating and air conditioning and hot water systems. So they're like your fixed appliances. However, there'll be new whole of house provisions for determining the building services and potentially require PV arrays to offset the fixed appliances in the dwelling. So that's going to be a very interesting measurement or way to, way to trade off any failure of performance of, of fixed appliances. There's also the, the star rating tools, which are a performance solution to be able to assess the whole of house rating compliance as opposed to only the building fabric. That's going to be a very interesting model to look at, and I'm really interested to see how that develops. So that's obviously just houses. So now if we look at apartments, most people would know that you've got to have a six-star average and no apartment less than five-star currently. That changes now to a seven-star average with no apartment less than six stars. That's a huge change in itself. Some of the bigger issues, though, is that the verification using a reference building method or verb will be changing. We're developing a new one, actually. And the introduction of new requirements for thermal bridging of steel framing as well for commercial buildings. Now, that's going to be really, really interesting as well. We're also seeing, again, solar ready zones for the potential of future installation of solar systems on roofs as well as potential future installation for electrical vehicle charging equipment on class two to nines as well. So that's, again, probably not a big deal for the charging provision. It's really just a, the high voltage wiring. But again, it's all these extra things that just keep adding up. We've also got some big changes around condensation. NCC really focused on energy efficiency and less so on condensation. However, now we've got changes to wall sarking requirements to be more vapor permeable, depending on the climate zone. We're also needing to ventilate roof spaces, and that's providing for not only air spaces themselves, but changing roof sarking vapor permeability, and also looking at the ventilation using whirly birds or rigid eaves vents, etc. Now, exhaust fans are also changing, exhaust systems in general. That's talking to minimum flow rates. We're talking about mandatory exhaust ducting to outside for range hoods and fans. No recirculating range hoods will be permitted. That's really interesting from a product perspective especially for apartments that may have an internal kitchen or renovations that may have an internal kitchen. We're also looking at bathrooms that aren't naturally ventilated. We'll have a 10-minute runoff timer and also new provisions for laundries and bathrooms that will contain a dryer. They're, they're some of the bigger changes now we're looking at. You can get a copy of the changes through the consultation hub on the ABCB website. And just note that if you're looking at volume two, which includes the housing provisions, the, the numbering has changed. NCC are trying to align all the, the numbering and the provisions to allow the performance requirements to sort of talk to each other. And the housing provisions have been renumbered as well. So it might look a bit confusing at first, but the, but the reference number or the old reference number is attached to the, to the new numbering system. So it should be still easy to find. Now, consultation does close pretty quickly. That is October 17, 2021. And all comments must be submitted via the consultation hub. We are also running a webinar series to talk to the breakdown of the proposed changes. So energy efficiency will be September 14 and condensation will be September 15. And you can literally just go into Google and type HIA NCC 2022 webinars. And it's the first link. You click on that and you can register and listen into what's coming. 
Next episode, we will break down what the WA state budget means for our sector. We'll also recap the Southwest Housing Awards and we have a very special chat with one of our Apprentice Award winners from this year. You won't want to miss that one. And until next time, make sure you have a note in your calendars for the upcoming Premier's Breakfast. This will be held on Wednesday the 13th of October. Last year, as we all know, was a huge success and we want to get an even bigger crowd this year to hear from Premier Mark McGowan. Well, thank you so much for tuning in once again. We look forward to your company next time on Building WA. 